Hey you, yeah you, love the show and want more content? Well now you have the opportunity to help support the show through Apple subscriptions and Patreon. You'll get a shout out on the show and you'll also have exclusive access to not one, but two extra quick take episodes every week. Just subscribe through Apple Podcasts or head over to MultiplayerSquad.com to see our Patreon page. We appreciate the love and support that you have all shown us. Now on to what is sure to be our greatest episode ever. Hello and welcome to everyone out there listening to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. If this is your first time joining us, we are a family-friendly gaming podcast, although we have known on occasion to get off track and talk about some other things like movies and food. And I know that you guys hate to hear it, but please rate the podcast five stars and leave us a review. It definitely helps the podcast get noticed by others and to help us grow. Also, if you would like to help support the show, you can do so by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or becoming a Patreon supporter at MultiplayerSquad.com. You have tuned in here for a Twig episode, which we have on Thursdays, where we cover This Week in Gaming. We usually talk a little bit about what we've been playing this week, along with some gaming news that we found interesting. I am your host, Paul, and joining me, he's been blind from birth, living under the shadow of his older brother who has been made king, He's using his surround sound headphones to fight off wolves. It's Josh. Dude, it really took me like three quarters of the way through that to understand what you were talking about. And I got really nervous because I was like, I have no idea where Paul is going with this. And I was like, I'm not going to know how to respond. But I did get it, Paul. Good, good. So let's just start off with that here as the topic. Josh, you sent me a link to a little game called The Veil, which actually releases later this month, and they released a demo, and I picked up the demo, I put a few minutes into it, saw that you did the same. Do you want to tell the people a little bit about this very unique game? It is an audio-only game, and when I looked at that, I went, okay, well, like, what do they mean? Like, yeah, you use audio? Like, no, it's only audio and that piqued my (laughs) interest because i was like well wait a minute like i am a big fan of having good quality audio and video games i've talked about like hellblade senua sacrifice i've said the audio in that game is absolutely it's probably the best audio i've ever heard in a video game and so my interest was piqued paul and uh, i saw where they had a demo on steam so i was like well dude i gotta try this out and you you like you load up the game and even the menus like when you scroll through the menu it tells you like use your arrow keys and it'll say like general settings uh options gameplay and so it like announces everything to you and i thought well this is really cool and then you hop into the game itself and you play a blind like noble like the king's daughter i think but you're blind and the game kind of explains like how it works. It's all super well acted. The audio is amazing. Like you can hear this person walking around you while they're talking and there is gameplay involved where you have to combat, right? In combat, right? Like that's like, that (laughs) was kind of the cool thing as a blind woman. And like at one point it's like, Hey, uh, you're playing hide and seek. And it tells you uh, like right in the very beginning of the game, like go find so-and-so and And your friend like whispers to you. He's like, Hey, he's hiding over by the grind mill. 
So you have to listen and you can hear this sound coming from a certain direction. And then you use your arrows to turn towards it. So it's in front of you. And then you walk towards it. And when you get close enough, you can swing your cane and like hit the guy that's hiding and stuff. But I, I was pretty impressed. Now, did you do like I did, Paul, and leave your eyes open the whole time? Oh, of course I kept my eyes open. So there, the game does not have like any graphics. You can't see the world, but there are little like floating dots on your screen that kind of give you a sense of movement. So if your character runs and falls, or if they dip down to pick something up, you kind of see like the, the unknown ether kind of move. So I think you are supposed to play or you can do it with your eyes closed or open. It's not going to change the gameplay, but. I definitely kept my eyes open. I tried closing mine for a little while just to see, and then I felt really weird, like sitting at my computer with my <laughs> eyes closed. I was like, my family is yeah. going to get worried about me. <laughs> so, like, what did you think? What were your impressions on it? All right. So, if anyone out there is not familiar with it, so it's called The Veil, and it's spelled V-A-L-E, not to be confused with, like, V-E-I-L. But, you know, I thought initially, this sounds super gimmicky. Like, is this actually going to enhance storytelling ability? Because it's very strange to take a medium like video gaming where you're so used to gameplay plus visuals plus audio cues. You're taking away one of those tools, which is so important. And I, I thought it was a very neat idea. I thought it would make more sense if this was something you could do somehow on the go. Like if you just have headphones in to listen to a podcast or the radio or something. If I'm actually sitting at my desk, I did find it to be a strange experience. I actually did not play all that long. I, I thought that it was fine. I thought it was an interesting idea. Ultimately, I did not find it to be for me. It seemed a little silly to all right, well, I've woken up and I'm very thirsty. I got to go find the river. And literally, this is just every single thing that I did in the demo was turning left and right until I could zero in on what I needed. And then I just pressed forward. And then you kind of just do that over and over. And then wolves start attacking you. So if you hear it on the left side, you hit the left arrow and you whack it with your cane. And you just kind of sort of do the same thing over and over. It's kind of just like trying to find something in space with sound and um, I thought it was cool, but I ultimately didn't find it terribly fun, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you. I think I played for about 30 minutes. I did get into some of the combat sections and stuff where they're teaching you how to like listen for them attacking. And, you, they, you know, they give you a shield at some point. So there's definitely some gameplay here. Um, I love the idea of using the 3D audio because the audio was highly impressive. I really wish... I mean, I don't know how hard it is to program that stuff, but... They call it binaural audio, and man, I just geek out over that stuff. Hellblade, again, I mentioned it, has this, that, and spades. This game had it. It's really, really neat to be able to get a sense of position from just sound, and I really wish this is something that they would incorporate in a lot of other games because it enhances the experience so well. Um, I think it's super cool. I, I think this game is probably targeted towards people that might be like visually impaired, because if if I didn't see very well, being able to have a game that I could play would be awesome, right? And so this that, game fits this perfectly in that sense. That's exactly what I was going to say. If you happen to be someone who does not have eyesight or if it is poor, then I think this game would be great. I think if you have the choice, 
it just seems a little silly to cut off one thing that is so great about video games. But if you don't have that available, uh, you know, I, I think that the storytelling is kind of neat. They do drop you in an interesting world. The idea of playing a character who is blind is very novel. I'm not aware of any games where you actually do that. You might run into like blind NPCs in Red Dead Redemption or something, and you can give alms to the blind and the poor. But the idea of making them the central character is a very neat idea. And also the whole idea of like being second in line to the throne. And you can kind of guess where the story is going to go. But I, I did look in Steam and I only made it 11 minutes into the demo. And I kind of felt like, all right, I get it. Uh, I don't think it's something I would pay for. But it, it is worth noting that it does seem like the first game of its type. For sure. It is that I'm aware of. It is. Honestly, I haven't seen one like that at all. And they have a free demo. So if you're just curious, you know, go download the demo. It's not a big game either. The demo was only, I don't know, like not even a gigabyte. 700 megs. Yeah. So it turns out when you have no textures, it's actually pretty small. (laughs) The, The only thing is you have to have surround sound headphones. I don't know that you could play this game with just, I mean, I guess you could play with computer speakers. Or even oh. like old school two channel headphones, but really to actually play it, you probably need to have those like 5.1 or 7.1 headphones. But see, that's a cool thing because if you do have good headphones, then give this a try because it it's pretty incredible. Like it's really really neat what they can do with sound. Um, but yeah, I, th- I just thought that was a neat thing to see or to well, <laughs> to hear. Uh, <laughs> right, you know. <laughs> Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> I've never heard of a game like that. And I thought it was a cool thing. It's definitely interesting to check out. So if there's, like I said, if, if, if you're of the mind to try something a little different, download the demo and see what you think. Yeah. What's funny is I almost feel like you could play this game on mobile. So if I could like lay in bed and just hold my phone, have the headphones in and just be able to touch the parts of the screen, I feel like that would make more sense for me. If I'm sitting at the computer, you know, maybe maybe I'm just too old school with it. You know, give me my Overwatch or my Tribes of Midgard or whatever it might be. You know, I want to be able to see if I have the ability. Uh, I think the other big news this week of what came out is the Halo Infinite beta test oh, or whatever they called it. The, the technical test? Technical flight. Something. Flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a specific term for it. I have not had a chance to watch anything. Oh. I've only had time to game what we're covering on the show. So I'm going to have to lean on you a little bit more here. But what have you seen and heard so far about Infinite? So we have three of our friend group that got invited to this. Now, first of all, let me express my displeasure for not <laughs> inviting the host of the multiplayer gaming podcast people, because I know you and I both signed up for the beta. We did sign up. And yep. neither one of us got invited, so... No dice. Yes. I even che- double-checked my spam folder to too. make sure... <laughs> no, it's not in there. I literally went into my spam folder, and then I saw all the junk that was really in the spam folder, and I was like, oh, I'm getting out of here, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but So we do have a few friends that got invited, and so they streamed it on Discord, uh, and I was able to watch some of that i'll say this man watching somebody play it in a fairly choppy stream was not the best experience but being able to talk to them and hear their thoughts like todd got to play it uh so we chatted with todd for a little bit um and everybody that has played it is super amped right now and this this technical i don't know why they call it a flight that's just weird um but it was only 
you versus bots. So I guess they were testing out like the AI that they had built for the bots in this game. And you got to play like one map at a time and every few hours the map would rotate. So this was very, very limited, but everybody was raving about it. They were saying it felt so good to play. The guns feel incredible. Um, you can pick up gear and, and use it when you want to use it. So there's like these deployable shields. So I was watching our buddy Jesse play and like he plopped down a shield when he got kind of surrounded by some bots. And then he was able to kind of focus on one guy, take him out. Um, you have your, uh, your Butler, I think is what they call it, which is like your AI that you can, like they made a big deal in the demo about being able to (laughs) customize that. But it was really cool because you still have the announcer, which we love, right? Got to have the announcer in Halo multiplayer. But then you have your Butler who will like tell you, he'll be like, the sniper rifle is about to spawn in just a few seconds. You should head over that way. And, and then like you can customize the voice and all this stuff too. So it's like you have this AI that's actually helping you during the match and reminding you about spawns and stuff like that, which I thought was really cool. Oh, that's very neat. Yeah, I know that you and I are dying to play it. We'll definitely cover it on the show. And we have wanted nothing more than for a new Halo game to play. So as long as the gunplay is good and it's smooth and it runs well, I know that we'll be all in on it. So we have a long history of poking fun at the Master Chief Collection. Just because it feels too old to us. We've been saying for years we just want a brand new Halo. So we're just going to have to wait a little bit longer, be a little bit more patient. But I do really appreciate the fact that there were no NDAs and that content creators were able to stream and talk about it. I do plan on watching a lot of footage. I just haven't had a chance to do so yet. But I know I know I'm hyped to play it. I really am. And, and I'll be honest... Like this was a very limited. I think it's still going on technically. Like as of this, well, while we're recording this, um, but hearing our friends rave about it in such a limited test flight makes me even more excited because I don't think that there's a ton that you could take away from this. I know they turned the difficulty level of the bots up, and people were like, "Yo, these bots are actually pretty good. Like they will flank and they'll corner peek and stuff like that," which is that sounds phenomenal. I mean, ideally, you don't really want to be playing against bots, but if they're that good, right. like, you know, hey, that's great. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm even more excited than I was. From what I watched, the gunplay is super tight. It feels good. Even though there's still no aim down sights and there's not going to be, you do get a very um, like simplified zoom of your screen when you aim down or you try to aim down sights. And that's enough for me. Right. Like I just need something because I sit there and I mash right click over and over and over again. It was the worst thing in the world when we were playing like Halo Reach and the Master Chief Collection and stuff is I can't break myself of that habit. But at least now the screen (laughs) zooms in ever so slightly. So you get some kind of response from that. And that's like I said, that was my main concern. and, And it looks like it's there. So I'm happy. Oh, very nice. Well, I think that kind of wraps up the first half here as far as what we've been playing, or in the case of Halo Infinite, what you've been watching. And we'll go ahead and we'll just take a brief break here and hear from one of our sponsors. Look, gaming is a hobby, and like any great hobby, you need the best tools possible. There's a reason you never see pros using shoddy gear, and it's no different when it comes to gaming. Logitech provides some of the best peripherals in all the gaming world. That's why they've partnered with us to bring you 
into the same world as the pros, head over to multiplayerpodcast.com slash Logitech and marvel at the gear you've been missing. Do yourself a favor and stop using those cheap mice and keyboards. Get yourself a gray headset and hear what you've been missing. Logitech is where it's at, and now you know where to go to get the best gear out there. Now back to the best podcast out there. Shazam! All right, Josh, we are back for the second half of the show. Let's talk about some gaming news. Now, this week, almost everything related to gaming news is related to Blizzard and the lawsuit that is being brought against them by the state of California, which alleges sexism and harassment. And, you know, those are all topics that are a little bit heavier (laughs) than what we normally cover here on this show. Um, you know, I just know that I've read story after story of either current or former employees. It definitely sounds like a lot of them really just struggled with the atmosphere. I know a lot of people have alleged that it's like a frat boy kind of culture, and especially for women being the target of a lot of, you know, negative behavior. And I, I think it's just kind of crazy to see the downfall of Blizzard these last few years, because if you go back to, I don't even know, 2016, 2017, everything was pretty ironclad. I mean, any game they came out with was fantastic. Everyone couldn't wait for the next thing. And it just seems like release after release, after controversy, after controversy, it's really just taken a huge nosedive. And maybe this is part of why Papa Jeff Kaplan left the Overwatch team. I mean, I don't know. But it's very possible if this is what it was like to work at Activision Blizzard. I think it is. I think he saw the writing on the wall. I had linked you an article that said like the collapse of Blizzard over the last three years. And reading that makes you just look at this company and go, man, like you guys went in the wrong direction. Like what happened? And that's not even addressing like the lawsuit and how they treat their employees. But, you know, just to name off a few things like the Diablo Immortal. And the mobile thing, that was a huge... What, you guys don't have phones? That was, right. <laughs> I mean, that's a meme now. And it was just like, that guy looks so confused. <laughs> but if you're a gamer, you don't want Diablo Mobile. Like, okay, yeah, you yeah, like yeah. mobile games. I'm sure you would enjoy Diablo Mobile. But if you could pick, would you rather Diablo on PC or Diablo on mobile? Oh, of course on PC. Exactly. But also, they saved that announcement for the end as like the big reveal and, oh, that's not the way to set up Diablo Immortal. It was such a gaffe, but I, I really enjoyed it. I loved watching that video. I remember laughing so hard when the guy's like, what, you guys don't have phones? Oh, like, it goodness. was such a funny response. Yeah. I loved it. Um, you know, so there, there was some political stuff with they banned some players and stuff like that. I don't really want to get into that. The Warcraft 3, like, reforged or remastered oh, yeah. or whatever, that was a huge failure. They've just, they've really missed the mark a lot, man. And here's the crazy thing, right? Like Blizzard used to be infallible. They, like you said, they made incredible games. Every game that came out was sure to be a smash success for years. Like Blizzard didn't make games that you played for a week or two and then quit. Like that's kind of their thing, right? I mean, we still play Overwatch to this day. Yeah. I play it every day. Yeah. Overwatch. You know, still. and, and yeah. it's just like, you know, you see that, but then you look at like CD Projekt Red and the whole thing with Cyberpunk that happened. And I really am wondering, are we seeing, is that why we're seeing the switch to these indie games, right? Because you and I have been playing Tribes of Midgard and you haven't started playing it yet, but I've been playing a good bit of The Ascent, which are both from smaller indie developers. And I'll say right now, both games are thoroughly enjoyable. 
you know, so do you need these, you know, 20,000 employee developers making these AAA titles and all of the junk that comes along with that and the corporate like bureaucracy that comes along with that? Or, you know, can you be an indie developer and make amazing games like what we're seeing? I mean, look at Hades, right? Hades came out of nowhere. Look at Valheim. Like, I mean, you're talking these tiny games that blow gamers away and it doesn't always have to be a AAA title to be able to do that. And I think you're starting to see that shift a little bit. Yeah. I mean, one of the most beloved games of all time, Stardew Valley entirely made by one person, you know, just because you throw a lot of money and a lot of people at it doesn't even mean it'll be good. You know, you see something like mass effect Andromeda, which was such a disappointment. And yeah, I think we're definitely seeing where, we have these major releases, whether it's the Elder Scrolls or Grand Theft Auto or Dragon Age. These games used to come out every like two to three years, and now we're seeing it actually being more like every seven to eight. And I think we're just going to see major, major releases several years apart. And then in the interim, we're just going to fill that space with a lot of cheaper indie games that are in that five to $20 price range. And a lot of those games have been fantastic. You know, Valheim in particular is one of our all-time favorites and, you know, small game made by four people and it's fantastic. The thing I love too, man, is, you know, we picked up Tribes of Midgard. We picked up, uh, you know, The Ascent. I spent $45 total on both of those games. Yeah, and, still less than one major title. And that's the thing, right? Like, I have two fun games to play for less than I would spend on one AAA title that may not even really be that good. Right. Yeah, I mean, how many AAA <laughs> yeah. games have we seen lately that missed the mark? Now, I know you and I and a lot of other people are super hyped for Halo Infinite, but also Battlefield 2042. I have a huge amount of hope for this Battlefield. If it sucks, I'm going to be so disappointed. You know what I mean? Like at that point, <laughs> yeah. it's just like I'll probably just give up on Battlefield at that point, right? Because we expect so much out of these games, and maybe it's not fair, like maybe we expect too much, but then you look at the state that they're releasing games, hey, let's, you know, Cyberpunk, and it's terrible. And so I think you're starting to see that shift in mindset, I hope anyway, you know, the whole like pre-ordering everything, um, you know, these AAA games that are just buggy as anything Outriders, right? There's another one that, I mean, that's a AAA game, came from a very big developer, that while the game is amazing, it's just riddled with bugs. And there's not really that, there's not an excuse for that. You know, if you have 300 people working on something, how do you not have any quality control in your game? <laughs> right. Well, and we've kind of touched on that in the past, but with the bigger companies that are uh, beholden to their shareholders, sometimes these things do get rushed and there is the financial component. It seems like in the indie game world, it's a little more likely that these games, even if they are released with early access, they tend to be more polished than some of these bigger games. And it seems like in a lot of cases, they just have the freedom to work on it more and they're more likely to be passion projects and they come out you know, more, more ready for the masses than some of the AAA titles, which is yeah, surprising because you would think it would be the opposite. Yeah. All right. There was a video that I ran across that I shared with you. I think you had a chance to watch it, but there is a game called Stray that is coming out in early 2022. 
I have seen the title. I, I vaguely knew about the game, but I had not really read anything in detail. I had not seen anything. And so this week when I noticed that they released some gameplay footage along with some commentary by the developer, I went ahead and I watched it. And this is a game where you play a stray cat that gets dropped into this like dangerous neighborhood that is inhabited by these robot kind of creatures and you just have to survive and you walk around and you interact with things. And if you had just told me that description, I would have thought that was the dumbest sounding thing in the world. <laughs> I think this game actually looks really fun. I was so surprised. It took me by surprise. I actually saw the video before you had mentioned it. I saw it this morning, like while I was drinking my coffee and just, you know, browsing the internet. Um, and then it's funny when you brought it up. I had watched a little clip of part of the gameplay, but then when you brought it up, I actually sat and watched like the whole video. Yeah. And man, it's, it, it looks different. I, I don't know that I'm as excited as you are. <laughs> like it does look oh, yeah. very well done. And I love cats. I love dogs. Like, uh, you know, I'm an animal person. It, it, I kind of got like almost a little bit of like a Prince of Persia vibe with the cat jumping up to different ledges and stuff like that. Like you're definitely a mobile cat. Like you can, you can jump and, you know, climb things and stuff like that. It was funny because you do have to solve puzzles as the cat. And right. so at one point yeah, yeah, the yeah. cat like bats like a little can to stop a fan from spinning, <laughs> but it's like the perfect yeah. little cat bat, you know, like he just cur- kind of curls his paw a little bit and then whaps at it and it falls down. And I'm just like, okay, whoever captured this cat doing this stuff knew what they were doing. Um, but it, it looks very well done. I don't know if it's my kind of game personally, but I was actually pretty excited watching this video because they did a really good job and the game looks very well done. It just looks weird. Yeah, it's very funny that we had on the list one game where you play as a blind person and another game where you entirely play as a cat. Like, I don't know if people are just really thinking outside the box because I never would have thought let's make a whole game where you play a cat. I'm not even a cat person. I think they're fine. I've never had a cat. I've always been a dog person. Uh, right now, we've got several stray cats that come into my backyard and they fight. Sometimes <laughs> when Josh and I are recording <laughs> and I hear screeching cats in the background. But this game, yes, they definitely get a lot of those little interactions where you can choose to walk up to someone and rub against their leg and purr. And they definitely look and act like cats. They're very agile. So doing these big jumps up and down from ledges and solving the puzzles. I actually thought that it looked rather fun. The, the, the idea of doing the puzzles is for me what took it from being where you just aimlessly wander to, okay, I'm actually going to have to pick stuff up and carry it in my mouth. Or you have this little robot who goes along with you and, and, and they can do things to help you solve these puzzles. I don't think I ever would have cared about a game like that until I saw the gameplay and, I, depending on price, this does look like something that I would play. It's like a single player experience. I thought it looked very unique, but it did have like some darker undertones. It did. I don't know yeah, if you there's something that. creepy in the background, man. I, I get this exactly is not like what you're a cute saying. Game. Yeah, it's not just a cute game where you're a cat who just gets petted by people. Like you hear some darker music and they do show that there is actual combat. So your cat ends up fighting against these more aggressive machines that are kind of like rats. And 
I don't know. I thought it looked very unique. I'm 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 at least interested at minimum. I, I'll just say that. I am intrigued. I like I said, I'll we'll wait to see a little bit closer, but the movement looked very good. Like everything about the game looked very polished and interesting. I just don't know how stimulating it could be to be a cat. I mean, do you have to like stop and take a <laughs> yeah. nap for 17 hours before you continue on or <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, they do have some survival elements so you see where you have to find water and then you lap it up for a few seconds and you you know you're good to go on that side and then the last thing that we have here for today because we're almost out of time there was a game announced called achilles legends untold which is also scheduled to come out in early 2022 no exact release date yet but this is kind of like Diablo meets Dark Souls, which is very funny because that's exactly how we described Tribes of Midgard, which is just set with Norse mythology. This seems to be a very similar game. It's just set with Greek or Roman mythology, where you are tasked with going out to defeat the god of war, and you play as Achilles. And I thought this one looked kind of interesting, it seemed like it might be missing that it factor with the combat. It's it does look interesting. I, they they even said like souls like combat in their trailer, so you know they know what they're going for. I love Greek myth. I love any kind of mythology. You were right; it is Greek mythology. Um, and I mean, it's interesting to think about Achilles going to take out Ares. You know, at first I was like, well, you can't take out Kratos, but then it's Ares, you know, so it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the OG um, got a war. But I love the setting. The combat looks really neat. Now, the the bananas thing in this game, and you had brought it up, and they show it in the trailer, is that they've developed their own combat AI for this game. And at one this point... This is the cool part. This is the super cool part. I mean, the, everything else looks fairly middle of the ground. But there's one part where you're fighting two enemies and one enemy jumps off the shoulders of the other enemy for this like flying sword stab. And that is not like a scripted event. They were saying that this AI actually teaches the enemies how to work together. They will try to circle you. They'll try to flank you. They'll one guy will pick the other one up and throw them at you. Um, You know, they'll both bum rush you together and stuff like that. So if they nail that part of it, I'm real interested at that point because, you know, any video game, right? You kind of get used to the patterns, you know, or the enemy's movement and stuff like that. And to have like a whole bunch of guys just bum rush you where normally is like in a video game, one or two will come up and you'll fight those two, you know, and then two more will come up, that kind of thing. I... If they nail this, man, that that could be game changing because at that point, I, I mean, they got to sell that technology to other game makers, right? And then now we've got this whole new world of combat. That's what I thought seemed very neat. So the actual attacking and blocking mechanics, I thought just seemed very run of the mill for gaming these days. But the whole idea of being able to design the AI to interact in ways like that is something I have not seen. So even for Halo Infinite to create better individual bots who will peek around corners and fight and whatnot, the idea of having the bots interact with each other just seemed very neat. Now, I don't know if it's just kind of like on a countdown and and then the two closest enemies run toward each other and then they just randomly do one of four moves. I mean, it, it very well could be very simplistic like that, but at least when you see it in the video it does feel like a little bit of a turning point of having much more creative AI, making it much more immerse, immersive. And that's kind of the whole idea. They they call this their 
Gaia system. I don't know what it stands for. G A I S Earth. And they and they say that it makes enemies more unpredictable and more lifelike. And I'm all for that. And if if they've done a good job, I hope that that continues to spread. Yeah, I I'm, I'll be very curious. I'm with you. The combat on your part looks fine. There's nothing really groundbreaking there. I mean, they're they're fond of like the overhead double hand stab leap thing into the enemies and stuff. Um, so there's still a lot we need to learn about this game, but this AI system that they're developing is really the main draw. Uh, I'll be very curious to see how complex it is. I have a feeling it's like you said, where they'll call it AI, but it's really just here's, you know, here's a move set. If there's somebody near you, here's four different moves you can do. And if that's all it is, then eh, like, okay, that's not really a complex AI. But if they can actually teach these guys like ways to fight you, that would be really neat. Yeah, for sure. So I'll definitely keep an eye on this one as well. And, as AI continues to improve, I'm all for it, especially since we love games that have PvEVP elements. The better the AI get, the better that genre will get, the better these games will be that incorporate bots, like we already know Battlefield will incorporate bots. So it seems like that's kind of making a leap right now, which is very cool. All right, well, that's all the time that we have here today for This Week in Gaming. And we will be back with our next full hour episode on Monday, which will actually be about Tribes of Midgard. Yes, sir. So Josh and I have been able to dive into that world, and we've been able to unlock some classes and and play a lot there. Can't wait to talk about that. And then we would love to hear from you guys. So please let us know if you have any suggestions of games or ideas for bonus round episodes. Come join us on Discord using the link in the episode description or come hit us up on social media at Multiplayer Pod. And that's it for today. We'll see you guys on Monday. Hope you all have a great weekend. Yep. See you, everybody.